so guy nick mason sourceful of secrets of which we are um two-fifths right are we're going back out on the road in the summer across the uk we are we're, it's all of june so brace yourself what's it called it's called the set the control store what a brilliant name who do you uh, think could have come up with such a great name for a tour, Gary? I wonder. I think yeah. I'm looking at him, right? But then you I might. did come up with uh, Nick Mason's all sort of secrets. You did. And in fact, that came up in a podcast then because you were inspired by Woody Woodman's Is You Boat, weren't you? I was, yes. Anyway, anyway, but enough of that. So join Nick, Guy, Lee Harris, uh, Don Beacon and me as we celebrate the early years with, you know, that incredible, it's an incredible body of work, isn't it? The early Pink Floyd. It goes up to just before Dark Side of the Moon. goes up to 1972, with all the film soundtracks, all the Sid stuff, stuff you've never yeah. heard, stuff that no one's ever Echoes, heard, frankly. Obviously. Echoes is the big sort of, you and, know, uh, uh, what is that? What would you call it? Magnum Opus. Yeah, I love a Magnum, don't you? Yeah, I never met Magnum. Was he, was he, um, anyway, tickets are on sale now and you can buy yours at uh, myticket.co.uk. And Kilimanjaro Live presents Nick Mason's Sourceful of Secrets, the Set the Control Tour. Hello, Gary. Hello, Guy. So we've got a bit of a hero of yours on today. Very, very much a hero, Gary. And talking of heroes, can I just say um, for our listeners, those who don't know, to congratulate you because if you don't know, Gary was awarded the BMI Icon Award at London Savoy Hotel yeah, uh, just a few days ago. Thank you. And that's not the Body Mass Index Award, even though I am ripped. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Broadcast Music Incorporated Award. And uh, thank you, Guy. And that was, uh, yeah, I was actually racked with nerves. And my self-doubt and my imposter syndrome were very much the fore. And, uh, you know, it was a room full of industry people and artists. And to get up and get that award, you know, you just feel uncomfortable, don't you? So I think I was the most nervous I'd ever been on a stage. Oh, bless you. That's very sweet. Oh, it was nice. Nice your brother was there. And it was very nice for you to name check the band the way you did. It was very good. You were very generous as you uh, often are. Thank you. Anyway, back to your hero, Derek Albion Derek Smalls. Smalls. Derek yes. Albion Smalls. Yeah, I've got to say, obviously, as a bass player, I mean, there are very few bass players out there who this guy doesn't really, um, you know, who we followed. Uh, I mean, because there was something about his style that's kind of in a way it lends I think it sort of lends itself quite a word to comparison with like Adam Clayton and Peter Hook although right. in a different way I think you'd call his style has an almost sort of moronic quality yeah I mean, it's if, so if, simple. if for those who don't know and I'm sure you do you know you oh, would, I'm, I'm sorry. part of Spinal Tap uh, the band Spinal Tap and you know obviously there's the famous uh, documentary that we all saw of them back in the early 80s but um I mean, did you ever go and see them live? No, I didn't. Even though they did Glastonbury, didn't they? They did, they did something at Wembley, uh, yeah, played yeah. Carnegie Hall, I believe. I, I saw them play in the seventies, I think, um, at the Hammersmith. Um, and oh, I think oh I, no, sorry, I thought sorry, I thought you meant yeah. yeah in the, I mean, um, I, I've still got tinnitus from that. I think that was the moment that I acquired my tinnitus. I mean, the loudest band ever. Yeah, and so that's why it's very fitting, isn't it, that he's back with a single called uh, Must Crush Barbie. Yeah. Where he's clearly taken offence to the whole sort of pinkening of the world, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's well, it's typically angry, isn't it, really? You know, and I think, you know, some some people have to make a stance against against things, you know. It's and, very much a legs akimbo stance. As and well, as um, someone said to me earlier, you know, I don't, you know, the world is none more pink. And, um, and uh, we—he's obviously come to save us all. He certainly has. He's the—he's the Oppenheimer of heavy metal. 
I'm very, very excited about this. Uh, should we get him on? Welcome to the Rock on Tours. Okay, guys, I'm ready. That's a big tune for sure. I actually wrote that originally for Tina Turner. Of course, I had gone and found Joni Mitchell down in Florida and brought her back. I've listened to a few of them and they've been really good, man. I'm sitting in the back of the car coming into London. They're brilliant. That caused a big problem in the band, actually. I was having too much fun. Thank you guys for still being around, still making music, still being into it, and doing this podcast. It, it's uh, it's fabulous. Well, I get the feeling that us three should go for a pint. That's what I think. I'm in a band now. <laughs> it's called Roxy Music. You know this thing about the 10,000 hours of experience? Oh, yeah, it's, it's Get good at something. When we recorded Arnold Lane, we'd done about 50 hours. The Rock Hunters podcast with Gary Kemp and Guy Pratt. Keep on rocking! Is that Derek? I think it's it that is Derek. Like, that sounds like it might be Derek. Derek, are we going to see you on Judas' computer? Uh, let me see. Uh, start video. Oh, oh, Derek. Hey. What an honour to have you on. An Good absolute to be on. As a bass player, one of my lifelong heroes, one of the great influences. Oh, thank me. you. And yeah. vice versa. It's amazing. Oh, you've really mate. embraced. You've embraced the grey these days. I see. Yeah. Well, looking like I'm not the only one here. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where are you living? Where, where, where are you now, Derek? Uh, South London. All right. You, you know, you weren't drawn by LA or living out no. there. No, no. I was neither drawn nor uh, photographed in LA. So tell us about this new single. Well, it's called uh, "Must Crush Barbie." Um, I was, uh, I was getting over, uh, we can talk about what I was getting over in a moment, but I was getting over something unpleasant and I woke up one morning and I saw all this pink turn on the telly. I saw all this pink turn on the computer. I saw all this pink and I'm thinking who splashed all this Pepto-Bismol on, on, all around. Yeah. And, uh, then I realized it's all about this bloody doll. Just to sell it, you know, spending, I don't know, millions and billions and billions of pounds to to, to sell, push this bloody doll down the, the chute, the poop chute, and I just thought this this can't be, you know, uh, this is this is not right, and uh, I jotted down this this song and uh, called a friend. We went went to this little studio and uh, bashed it out, and uh, there you go. Is rage something that you've kind of maintained all the time? This, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put your finger on it and you, you moved it around a bit. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, rage is, to me, rage is the heart of a hard rock uh, or metal or whatever you want to call it. It's all about rage. It's not about, you know, love or uh, oh, a pretty sky or anything like that. All that you, rage is yeah, well, it's funny you say that because when you first joined, the, you joined the band just as they went with Spinal Tap. Sorry, back to this, obviously, this is your solo work, but yeah. back with Tap, you joined them just as they were going into their flower power phase. Into the love thing, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Well, you, you uh, follow where the people go, you know, I guess, to a bit. But that wasn't, that, that was a different kind of music. That's very yeah. true. See, you know, it's a, that was a different sound. It didn't have that hard metallic edge. And of course, and of course, black is your preferred colour. I would have thought, as opposed to pink, isn't it? And it, you know, I mean, you think, think... black is my preferred colour, do you? <laughs> there you are in a, in a death kills black T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's uh, 
it, it's almost sickening, really. You know, this this pink pinkitude. Yeah, well, it's true. Could, could there, there is a sort of positive thing you could have done. You could have maybe made a record in support of Oppenheimer, seeing as that was the other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I could have. Yeah, that's right. Good point. You know, because it was literally the destroyer of worlds, which is kind of, that's got to be, that. Yeah. that's the gig you're after, isn't it, right there? Really, but... Uh, he was thinking too much about it, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. He was. Are, are, are any of your old bandmates on on this record, or is it? Is it? No, we don't know. No. no. Well, uh, in a way, because uh, CJ, who uh, played keys and and produced it, oh, is Vanston, the keyboard yeah. player in Tap. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. yeah. So. So he, he. Yeah. He. He came after Viv Savage, did he? I can't. I can't remember. He the... did. He did when Viv crashed. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he didn't crash the way drummers crash, but I mean, he he did have a, a great fall, as they say. Because as a bass player, obviously, it's um, it's it's you know, as we all know, one of the most important things is kind of locking in with your drummer and being a section. Oh yeah, and that yeah, that must yeah. have been quite challenging for you to have to kind of over and over, over and, and over exactly and over. having to start again. Yeah, so often. I mean, so yeah. was Stumpy Joe? We're talking about. I mean, there was, was Stumpy Peeps. I think was one of them. Um, Stubby they, Peeps. They, yeah. Stubby, Stubby. They all died. A bunch they? of a bunch of Stumpies. They, yeah. They they, they 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 sadly all all died. Various... Yeah, a covey. I, I guess it would be a covey of Stumpies. I remember one of them. Apparently, it was a mystery best left un, unsolved. Was was yes. the quote? You know. Yeah. And that that's yeah. still unsolved, right? That my modern DNA techniques haven't changed anything in that. Nobody's gone back to it. No. It's weird. It's weird. It's like I think their lack of motivation. But what about the other guys from the band? If you don't mind us asking, I don't know. I, I, I'm not quite sure how you've left things with the rest of Tap. I know because you get together. We've left so- them. We've we've left them hanging. Literally, are you not on good terms? No. No, not not literally. No, it's uh, David and Nigel. Well, we you know, we last played together two thousand nine at uh, Wembley Arena. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And at Glasgow, and since then, you know, the occasional phone call or the occasional a message, a text, or whatever, what have you. I mean, there must be le- just um, legal stuff you have to do. There together. is legal yeah. stuff. You, you're very smart. Uh, of course, there's legal stuff that gets us together from time to time. And uh, that has popped up again now. Last I heard, Ian Faith, who used to be our manager, oh, yeah. who, who died, who, he's dead. Someone has a, a contract that we signed with him and is like waving in the air going, really? hey, you. Yeah. So you're owned, you're owned by someone else now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we always were. I always yeah. had that feeling anyway. Well, one always is. It's just a matter of finding out how many people away from you that person is. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Well, one of the things we do on this on this show, uh, Derek, is we, we go back and we find out, you know, how you began and who you were. I mean, what was your upbringing? Where, what, were, what, were your, what were your parents? Uh, were they musical? My mum was. She left the family at the age of four. I mean, when I was four. She wasn't four right, when right, she right, left. Right, right. Uh, that would be impressive. To... Uh, they would. It would be adventurous uh, <laughs> to join a, an all-female uh, band called the Hot and Totties. And uh, we never heard from her again. I mean, personally, we oh. heard about papers. We'd see that you know, they were booked into some club or something, but she just waved bye-bye. And my dad was much more down-to-earth. He, uh, he had a good little business tele- uh, sanitizing telephones in the old days when really? they would do that. 
Oh, they'd come around, you know. No, we, we don't. About, know. I'm, I'm very, I'm interested in this oh, this idea of sanitizing phone, which because I, I mean, the whole sanitizing thing kind of came from Japan not that long. Yeah, ago, but this really. was the fifties. That people That's were getting true. cholera. They were getting cholera and stuff. So I think That's you know, right. the plague it was, was important. Still around, it, was wasn't it? Important. it was, it was big in the Midlands. Um, right, right. And, the West uh, Midlands, would, I believe, to be precise, wasn't it? The West yeah, Midlands. Yeah. You're correct. Uh, and he would take me round with him on his rounds. Uh, you know, so I'd meet a lot of strangers because I was this little kid tagging along as he would sanitize phones. And, uh, you know, I've, he died, well, it's been about 15 years now. And I've thought, I've often thought if he had lived into the uh, iPhone days, he could have made so much money with a self cleaning yeah. app. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah. You know, do you, do, you don't think been... was there, there was no suspicion of any of the chemicals of bringing, bringing on his illness? Oh, these were innocent days. Right. Simpler yeah. times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything was just pure asbestos, wasn't it? It was all very straight. Nobody, yeah, nobody nobody asked what's in that bottle or what, what are the ingredients in, in that can or what was the What was the music that was inspiring you, Derek, at that time? Well, uh, I was listening to a lot of country and western, which was big, you know, a, a very twangy music. Right. I liked the twang. Yeah. That was that appealed to my ear, the twang. That's interesting uh, because because uh, John Entwistle, for instance, with who his bass playing, he was he was always inspired by Dwayne Eddy, who is ah, you know very very much a king of twang, which is not something you associate yeah. with bass so much. But you don't, uh, especially with the amps of those days. Well, that's right. Yeah, and why so did you I, why did why did you go for the bass? I don't know. You know, I ask Guy oh, this question. I ask every bass player this question. Yeah. Well, it's every bass player should have this answer. There's fewer strings and they're thicker. I looked, I picked up a guitar one time and I thought, bloody hell, I'm going to cut my fingers on this this piece of shit. Yeah, that's very true. Also, I mean, I've probably sort of actually broken a string, sort of in combat, so to speak, probably about what yeah. three times in my whole life. Whereas Gary, you've probably right. had hundreds, right? Hundreds of strings. Yeah, exactly. They break easy, and they hurt when they break. They can go in your eye. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You've 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 put your finger on it. There's pain connected to the guitar that is not involved with the bass. So you've got to be a fool. No, no. But no, did you uh, did you come down to London? Were you part of the whole sort of Soho scene and the UFO club? Were you hanging out and you know in that world? Well, that's where I that's where I uh, found myself in tap. I was in Soho. Uh, you were at the London people. School of Design, weren't you? Don't mind me. I was. Yeah. I went there basically because I wanted the T-shirt with those initials. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people in that era, you know, art school led to uh, rock and roll. Yeah. Um, but I, I first was with a an all-white ska band called Scarface. And uh, that was really my first adventure in music. Uh, and I, it was an adventure because it was probably... I don't want to go out on a limb, but it was probably the least rhythmic ska band ever. <laughs> right. right. And well, I, felt, I felt a tension there. There wasn't Jamaicans in the band, I take it. No, it was all white men. Right. White boys, I should say. Yeah, well, yeah. simpler times, again. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so just that world you were in, I mean, those clubs, I mean, that was the world that we always, you know, think back on as being an incredible place to have, and time to have lived. Yeah, and it was. I was. I was just walking through Soho uh, of an evening, looking at the uh, 
adverts on the telephone poles or the streetlight poles, you know, those little adverts yeah, that yeah, used to have yeah. Soho. And I saw one that was not about a woman, and it said bass player needed. Right, and, and you didn't assume that was some code for, you know... No, a set of services. I mean, you know, and been, been large really chest for sale, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. uh, no, no, it was uh, pretty straight ahead from there. Well, because they would already been, have they been successful as the Thamesmen? You weren't in the Thamesmen, I take it. I was not in the Thamesmen. I was never a Thamesman, and never a bride. Who was the bass player? I don't remember who that was. Oh, he's what was his name? Yeah, he moved to Namibia. Oh, Ronnie Pudding, Ronnie Pudding. Ronnie Pudding, Ronnie yeah. Pudding, moved to M Namibia and about a year later released a solo record called Doesn't Anybody Here Speak English, <laughs> I believe was the uh, name of the disc. Oh. Did, uh, any, did anyone understand what that title meant? I don't think apparently, they Apparently not. Apparently just uh, getting it recorded yeah. was, was quite a feat. <laughs> that was a, yeah. a big one. That was a big one. They, I don't think they had the technology. I think he had to go to a neighboring African country. But uh, so I joined TAP. Um, and what was the audition? Was it an audition? I mean, was it, an, was it much of an audition? Were you up against other, were, were there loads of other hopefuls or? Well, they were very nice in the sense that they, they met us one by one. So I never saw oh, right. any of the other hopefuls. It wasn't, a, uh, I guess, what they call a cattle call. Right. Um, or if they were, we were individual cattle. Um, you know, in our individual pens. Um, but it was, you know, they seemed pretty in a hurry. I think they had a gig that Friday. And right. uh, this was a Tuesday. So uh, they really needed a bass player fast. And I was fast and good. So if I may say so. Did you, did you get on so, both? You got on well with Nigel or David? Or was there a particular, did you, was, was one more difficult than the other? I mean, you know, they have strong personalities. Well, well yes. Yeah, you see, no, as, I mean, you're, you're so famously, you know, as you said, you've, you know, you've got fire and ice. Did, was that kind of apparent from, from the game? Oh, yeah. Day one. Nigel is a, a, a brooder, if I may say so, you know. And... Uh, David just uh, tries to set himself on fire every night. Wow! Yeah, literally. Literally, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, he's a he's a clumsy smoker. I see. Yeah, hard. But no, 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 I mean, obviously, you know, we'll we'll get onto it later. But we've we've all seen the documentary, and you know, Nigel can be petulant. I think it's fair to say. Yes, petulant's a good word. Um, what dare I say, uh, Derek? Between you, in that way that guitarists can be. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll sit this one out. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you mentioned the uh, the hatchet job, and I just uh, should say, you know, we regret that that happened. This person, uh, Mr. De Berge, was with us on pretty much the entire tour, and pretty much every night we found the bloody stage. And what does he show you in the film? The one night that he yeah, doesn't, that yeah. we don't find the bloody stage. Yeah. Now, I, what is that? Yeah, yeah. What is that? I, I have That's to say, fire. I have to say, I've played Cleveland. I think I'm sure you have, Guy. I know the Mental. very theatre. I think we played Cleveland together, Gary. We did play Cleveland together, and it is tricky getting to the stage, isn't it? It is very tricky. It took us a while. I, I seem to remember, I think we actually got to the gig early. Um, we did. Just, just for, because of that. Because yes. of that, yeah. Because I know yeah. fam famously people have gone on stage there and, and, and the next band's been on already. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, 
that you see it written in a lot of dressing rooms if you when you tour cleveland is no picnic yeah that's right yeah. Exactly. So listen, we support that, but we'll, we'll talk about the documentary in just a bit, because you famously did your wonderful miming of, well, you, I love you to the camera is... Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, on that in, on that song, on, um, was it The Flower Power? Uh, what was this? Flower what the Flower People Say. Yeah. Amazing. Did you, yeah. um, was, was that spontaneous, or had you all sort of I argued it out? I ad-lib, I, I ad-libbed that. Amazing. Because that's what it's about, I, isn't it? It's those moments, you know, that just... Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought... It's pop music well, history. Maybe, maybe I should go into improv or something because I said, you know, if, if, if that occurred to me, something else might... Yeah, I mean, that was your yeah. that was your equivalent of, of Bowie putting his arm around Mick Ronson on top of the pops, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah you, you go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that, that, that was on the um, Bob's Your Uncle TV show, uh, which I think... That's all, right. Loads of them are on... YouTube now. I mean, whatever happened to Bob? I think he, the police were after him for one stage, weren't they? I think, I think so. And then, uh, oddly enough, he joined the police. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a one eighty. He pulled a one eighty. All oh, right, because apparently, because he had been using the term uncle rather loosely, hadn't he, around around people? He worked with a colleague who he tell, tell me if I've got this right, whom, whom he called Auntie. Uh, I don't remember what they they uh, were involved in. Really? Well, oh, I don't know. Well, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this because yeah, we don't, don't want to get ourselves in unless trouble. Aunt, unless Auntie was perhaps some reference to the BBC, which of it could be. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah well, yeah. in those days, it, it could be. I mean, we were talking earlier before you came on about you know seeing you. You know, guys saw you at Reading. I saw you at Reading. Um, it was it was fantastic. It was nineteen seventy six, and Tap were between the Enid and Woody Woodman's U boat. And uh, you certainly. How were they? How were they going? Well, you took the, you know, they they took the stage apart. I mean, literally, it had to be rebuilt. Afterwards. Literally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the bandstand. We had to deal with that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of Rock on Tours is sponsored by AG1, the daily nutrition supplement. AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 vitamins, minerals and other vital ingredients like gut-friendly bacteria, antioxidants and much more. Just one scoop of AG1 daily has all the nutrients you need to support your mental performance, energy levels, heart health and immune system. To be honest, it's pretty vital stuff for us because when you've got a life on the road and you're short of time or you're too busy to plan and prepare healthy meals, you're getting your podcast together, you're being shouted at and it's just a nightmare. AG1 gives me all the good stuff and helps keep my energy levels where I need, ready for showtime or doing the podcast and with a nice vanilla taste. It keeps me focused, feeling good, feeling healthy with its daily dose of vitamin C and zinc. And it's so easy to use. Just one scoop a day gives me over 70 carefully selected ingredients. Simple. Trusted by Olympians, F1 drivers and the rock on tours. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. 
Try AG1 and a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription. Go to drinkag1.com slash rockonteurs. That's drinkag1.com slash rockonteurs. Check it out. Guy, I know you're really influenced by it, but it, you actually even smoked a pipe for a while, didn't you? I did. I've got to say, yeah, the pipe certainly came from him. And um, and I, did you I, put anything in, in? Did you put anything in the bowl? No, of course not. That would be ridiculous. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. but no, uh, I, I do actually that. have a. I still have a a cocoon in my bedroom. Is it true? Oh, yeah. No, but Guy, was it true that you even formed a band called Sessi Napat and Peep? <laughs> was it a bit more of your sort of prog that, um, that, you're, arty you're, era? You're absolutely right, yeah. You're absolutely, we were signed I, I think to you a were, small French uh, avant-garde label. Yeah, I think you were getting uh, Magritte and Maigret mixed up, actually, with that one. <laughs> but the pipe, that's, a, that's, a, that's your symbol, really, isn't it, Derek? Yeah, I think I was the first person to put it in the... Uh, Top of the strings. That's right. Yeah, which you is know, tricky. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You can only do that's that right. with bass, really, couldn't you? You couldn't you do it. Yeah. Yet, just another reason how the bass is so superior to the guitar. I mean, you can just yeah. get a scrawny little Dunhill in a in a guitar if you're lucky. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, it's it's for everything. And you know, if you if you turn the the I was going to say radio, but now it's, you know, whatever the source of your sound is, way down. You may not hear the guitar, but you'll still hear the bass. That's right. And that's the key, is to be heard. What would you like people to be listening to Let Must Crush Barbie on? Do you know what I mean? Like, a, like would you like yeah, vinyl I, or... I, I, think, I think headphones would be best. Right. Because, you know, uh, the, the action in Must Crush Barbie is in your head. It's the rage is in your head. So, of course, if you're listening on headphones, it feels like you're having the, the rage right then and there. That's right. I mean, it's a very insistent yes, hook, must be said. Yes, it you're is. not taking it any is. prisoners with that. And you can hear the plastic breaking on it as well. Was that a real you, barbie you were is, crushing? It, it is an actual barbie being broken. I want it, oh. you know, on a stack of oh. whatever. Um uh, that was an actual Barbie being broken in the studio. Wow! Which we wanted which, bar which Barbie is it? <laughs> because there are so many. I didn't see a face. Yeah. Okay, you didn't see a face. I was in the the vocal studio, and she was being broken in the control room. Marty Bergi comes along, and he he presents this idea of a documentary to you. I mean, what was the situation with Tap at that point? I mean, were you? in a good place when, when he approached or did, did you did well, you had you a feel new deal he... didn't you it was a new deal in America wasn't that the, that's kind of what yes, it was about yes and uh, poly something records you know uh, they're all they were all poly something in those days yeah. um, and uh, I think they had contacted him uh, and said uh, we've got this new band and you might want to follow them along and he had been doing uh, mainly adverts He'd done a very famous dog food advert in, in uh, America with uh, a trail of little little puppies going to the dog food dish. And it was like, for some reason, it was very popular. Oh, this is Marty. So, this is Marty. Marty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think he'd done a, a documentary before. He had, he had basically, unless, you know, you consider shooting a bunch of dogs going to a dog bowl a documentary, but I don't. I, I wouldn't say that. I thought what, what I thought was interesting was the amount of stuff that was shot and left out. I mean, there was a whole 
like the whole thing you had with your with that um all was it an all girl support band or was it just a singer who was a girl i can't remember from that support band no there was there was an old there was an old female band almost as a as an echo of my mom uh and her her work that's right did that stir up things emotions for you i mean i don't know did it bring it brought many feelings to the surface he'd filmed a lot of them and then it turned out uh didn't need him yeah. But you, uh, you you gave him a lot of access. Did you sort of forget the cameras were there? Because sometimes there was really some embarrassing stuff going on between you guys that I'm sure you didn't really want. You obviously didn't have edit approval, did you? No, and that's my point. Um, we would have said, hey, Marty, what about all the nights we found our way to the bloody stage without a problem? Yeah. You know, be fair. Show that too. We, we weren't people who could never find our way to the stage. You could never make a living in rock and roll that way. That's right. When I, the night I saw you, you I mean, found your, you, were, you went to the stage. You found your way the night I saw you. Yeah. Well, so I mean, that's obvious. how I saw you. I think everyone, and there are millions of people out there who saw Spinal Tap. And the yeah. reason we all saw them, saw you, was because you found the stage. Yes, you know. exactly. It's like use the old yeah, noggin. Yeah, people only remember the thing they see in the documentary, yeah. don't they? That's right. That's right. Here, give me two tickets to the band that don't show up on stage. And, I, and I would imagine that you didn't get caught in a cocoon every night either, did you? No, of course not. I mean, it stands to reason. He was he was having his way with us. Yeah, he was having his way with us. I it mean, was it was. Yeah, he had he had a motive. I don't know what it was. I mean, the but, one thing that was embarrassing was 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 the was Stonehenge. I mean, being so small. I mean, obviously that was a mistake, but that was embarrassing. Could happen to anyone. Exactly. As, I mean, speaking? the very fact that you've got the balls to make a Stonehenge in the first place, you know, means that yeah, you, yeah. you deserve the credit for that. Well, they they put Stonehenge on the map, didn't they? They did. That gave the idea to those tunnel people. They, we yeah. wouldn't even be going to see it. That's right. No, you're absolutely right. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even be driving past on that tunnel if it wasn't. That's for right. Us. Yeah, you'd just be going straight down the A three hundred three, is it, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I'm also I'm wondering, Derek, what was it that, as the band's fortunes waned, that that I mean, you kind of what's interesting is musically, obviously, wasn't that big a change, but but uh, certain philosophically or, or or whatever intellectually, must a complete change was when you joined a Christian heavy metal band. Yeah, but before then, guy, Jazz Odyssey was a change, but it, you know that was well, Jazz Odyssey. Um, yeah, but actually, we should. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm, it's completely up to Derek if he wants to talk about Jazz Odyssey. Um, I thought that was a quite sure. early uh, branching off, wasn't it? That was a sort of early seventies thing. I'm guessing well, well, that, when that, everyone, that everyone had their fusion moment, didn't they? When Jeff Beck went that way. In retrospect, I've had one regret about uh, Jazz Odyssey. Um, it was a, a, a reaching out. It was an attempt to expand something. And it was two chords. E&F. Yeah. And in retrospect or whatever the spec it might be, I, I felt bad about that. I think it should have been one chord. I think it would have freed us up. Well, it's. I think it's the second chord that makes it an Odyssey, though. Mm. Yes, perhaps, but it's one. It's your piece. It's not it for back. me to not for me to say, obviously. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was I never recorded, was it? Although I suppose you can't really record something because it's, it's because it's obviously about the Odyssey. Yeah, the Odyssey it happens in the moment. It's right? improvisational. Yeah. yeah. On a, on one of our records, we do have three excerpts from a jazz Odyssey performance. We couldn't put the whole thing out 
because as the people at the record company said at the time, there isn't enough vinyl in the world. But uh, we had three four-minute excerpts on, it may have been Break Like the Wind or it may have been uh, the next one, but we, it, it has been recorded mm-hmm. and uh, mm. released upon unknowing public. How did you feel about, you know, because what comes across in the movie is Janine, you know, and her disruption, well... It could mm-hmm. be seen as a disruption. I mean, is she still mm-hmm. a, is she still around? Are we are you still close to? You know? I was never close to her. Yeah, I was not close to her. She was my problem. She was David's problem, and I mean, she was our problem. I was going to say she, she certainly she, became the band's problem. More, I would have thought. Yeah, she she made us wear these astrologically inspired costumes, you might say, uh, and that was a bit of a bother. But uh, no, I mean, I, I was not close to her. Except for one night. Oh, really? Okay. This is the Sorry. thing with bands, really, isn't it, Derek? You know, yeah. you start as kids in a gang, and then all adult life comes pouring in, and it just upsets everybody. Yeah, I think that's right. I think adultness is the enemy. Yeah, yeah. And, or, or having just too many, uh, too too much gender mix-up. Otherwise, I mean, at least you were never going to be Fleetwood Mac, were you? You know that level of problem no that was taken i want to have a quick look at lamb's blood which is you joined lamb's blood you joined yeah. the ah. christian heavy metal band lamb's blood and your best known song was whole lot of lord which made yeah me... number 25 on the uh hot hot jesus list that's right that's was that the christian chart inside the christian chart that's correct um it was fun but um you know uh i did have to get a tattoo of uh, a Jesus heart to you know make the band feel like I was one of them, right? And and when I came back to tap, uh, they said, "What what the bloody hell is that?" So I had to go get a uh, a tattoo of the devil eating the Christian heart, right? Uh, uh, quite right. You know, too, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked out, but you know I don't think I had room for many more tattoos in that spot so yeah you couldn't join a buddhist band really no no well it's too quiet isn't it yeah one hand clapping it's not it's not loud enough is it yeah everybody clap a hand it's not gonna Mm -hmm. really gonna do it is it oh no um put your your hand together (laughs) (laughs) exactly um to answer Gary's question, because we, and we go straight from that, don't we? Because uh, it was after Lambs, but it was in 1992 that you got together for um, Break Like the Wind. Yes, yes. So that was and did, uh... that must have felt great, though. After the, I mean, I can imagine that backstage with Lambs Blood would be a very different affair to backstage with Tap. Very staid. Yeah, it was very staid. You know, it was like it was like almost like school. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, an older woman who ran backstage there for reasons best known to that older woman. So, yeah, so you toured America with Break Like the Wind. Um, yes. And you broke up straight after that tour. Was it straight? It was straight after that tour, wasn't it? Or was it? Or yeah, you... it's, it's always after a tour we go, oh, yeah. that's that. Yeah, you you've know. had enough of each other. Yeah. yeah. All right. bands are like that. But you've never ended up in court together, have you? Um, no. I was in court on a traffic thing yeah, once, we... but no. Right, right, yeah. No, not with them. You did end up doing Carnegie Hall, didn't you? I mean, this is like Carnegie fucking Hall, as I called it from the stage. Yeah, was uh, was that? And and, I mean, really, Derek. I mean, do you think that was appropriate? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't let us uh, hang uh, an advert uh, on the stage. We were being sponsored by uh, some, I forget who was sponsoring us, but we had an advert that we were supposed to have over the stage. And uh, they said, no. And we said, why? And they said, because it's Carnegie Hall. So they were up on their high, high horse right away. Yeah. And then uh, we were trying to bring in um, the, the uh, little people. And they said, you can't have little people on the stage. And we said, why? And they said, well, it's Carnegie Hall, isn't it? So that was what was behind me saying it's Carnegie fucking okay, Hall. that's isn't a fair it? point. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Talking of, of the band splitting up. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. Isn't it? You're right. Well, nowadays, you'd have to bring the little people on, wouldn't you? You, you? you wouldn't be not allowed to. I don't think you can. Uh, you know, there's just some union thing is it? or something. Right. I don't yeah. know what it yeah, is. It but, uh, yeah, it's a very little union. I think, yeah. I, th I think if you start bringing little people in, you have to bring a certain number. Right. Or yeah. it's unfair, something like that. That's right. So yeah. you'd have to have. A minimum number of little people. You can't just have one or two. That's very true. Now another thing. Yeah, sorry, Gary. If I just made no, go, go. talking about yeah. with the band splitting up and and you know as as you did multiple times, but the things that yeah. happened there. We got we got we got good at splitting up. Yeah. So Derek, mate, saucy Jack, yeah. what happened? Yeah. When? Where? I mean, you know, the world has been waiting for this for uh, well, Jack, Jack the Ripper musical. Yeah, Jack the Ripper That's musical, right. Musical. Yeah. 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 You're a naughty uh, one. You're a haughty one. I mean, come on. Yeah, you'd think it writes itself. You would. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and uh, you know, as it turns out, David was really uh, fully, almost fully responsible for that, and he just he couldn't find a spark. Right. You know, it's so, yeah. it's 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 like everything else. You can say that's a good idea, but then you have to go do it. You know, yeah, that, and that's, that's the, the easy part. bit, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> the ID is the easy part, and then you have to go bloody do it. But listen, if you've registered the name Saucy Jack, you should still think about about it in the future, maybe because it's a you know. Maybe as you're saying that, I it, you just made a spark in my head because oh, we'd reignite the spark. Because we had yeah. Tim, we had Tim Rice on our show, and and uh, Don Black. I mean, we could we could yeah. chat to them if you like, you know. No, but but the but the spark you made in my head is, which would be much easier if you stopped to think about it. Saucy Jack should be a line of sauces. Yeah, everybody's yeah. going. Where's Saucy Jack? Like yeah. you just did, and I'd go right here. No, right here is. in your own kitchen. But would they be Jack the Ripper themed sauces? <laughs> Well, I'm thinking about that. I'm, it might give... You could certainly have some fun no. with the names, although it could be, yeah. you know, you're, you're yeah, walking but, a thin line there. I understand, but it could give the housewife a thrill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 you've got a frisson, a frisson, shall we say. A frisson, a walk, a, a bit of a walk on the wild side. You, uh, you got into acting yourself, though, didn't you? You know, it, it became clear to me that uh, I couldn't depend on music for my livelihood all the time. And a couple of people in London showed interest in me. And one was a casting director from uh, Italy who was looking for dis what she called disreputable-looking guys. And she thought I was disreputable-looking enough to be in uh, this uh, Italian kind of... Uh, was called Roma 79 and it was uh, sort of a uh, 
I don't know what you call it. Well, well you uh, described it as a spaghetti eastern, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, that was that spaghetti eastern is pretty right on the money. And so I did a few of those, and then I did some adverts. I was I was sort of one of the, the times that we shut down tap. Uh, I was uh, hanging around Belgium and Holland, and somebody, some casting person, saw me and put me in these uh, adverts. One of which was for a uh, uh, what would you call it? Not, not a dessert, not a candy. Sort of halfway uh, between a dessert. A snack food. Oh, f- would this be flute? Yeah. Yeah. Flute. Yeah. And it, it was great. I got into a uh, bit of trouble. I wrote this jingle for them called "I'm in the Flute Group," and uh, which was pretty catchy. And then uh, they uh, they came after me about six months later with a lawyer who uh, said that I had stolen the the, the tune of. Uh, I'm in the in crowd. An old song called uh, I'm in the in crowd. I know well. I, I played it hundreds of times. Brian Ferry used to open his show with it. So in fact, I was the. F- oh, really? And it starts with the bass riff. To, yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So oh, was I'm it? I, I, I'm in with the I, flute group. I'm sure Brian's actually oh, sang that dear. a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. By yeah. mistake. Yeah. By mistake. Yeah. When I sure, and I said, well, I all I stole was the melody. I didn't steal the words. Well, there it is. That's right. Absolutely. It made it sound, you know, my feeling was it made it sound more familiar. Yeah, you're a free that's man. true. And then you also, um, you were a judge, right, on the on a Dutch reality. It's interesting how uh, the low countries seem to really attract you there, Derek, because um, you're on a, you know, after well, they this all Belgian speak thing. Then they all, well, that's brilliant. But they all speak English, don't they? Yeah, and they have, you know. and they have W.H. Smiths, don't they? It's very familiar. It's very familiar. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's home-like. Yeah, or home light. It's not if home, you will. Or home light, home light, like. Um, <laughs> but yes, I was a judge on uh, Rock Stars, I believe it was called. Yes, Rock Stars with a Z. Yeah, very good that. Oh, that and uh, we were we were big for a while. It was a uh, um, my co-host was uh, I'll forget her name, but she was the lead singer in Hot Garage, and uh, we were doing pretty well. And then the company television company came one day and said we're going a different way kids and uh, first of all calling us kids was wrong and then that uh, said were you kids with a z do you think is that what no 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 but the uh, what we were being replaced by was tomorrow's hip-hop heroes heroes with a z right they like the z uh, and you just uh, yeah hip-hop wasn't your thing really Derek. no never mind no thing. no um, you've mind. had a few problems with some of your I don't know are you still with Cindy Stang is that something still going on or no no long ago long ago I was with a bunch of Cindy's at least I all called I called them all Cindy um I perhaps should have learned their real names she launched some startup tech with your royalties I think there was a Macron you've had some issues with with startups right oh yeah well, uh, could I just interject here, Derek, just to say that because Gary will really understand this because he had a problem with his ex-wife who, uh, when they started up a thing called Wenge, which was um, Wenge. It was Wenge. Wenge. It was a Wange. meat vegetarian meat, yeah. Yeah. which was actually yeah. full of meat. It really had meat. Yeah, we maybe got busted on that, but it's we've changed it now. It's it's much better now. It's a better product now. It doesn't doesn't yeah. what is, tries to have very what? little meat in it now. In fact, okay. no meat. The vegans can eat it. It wasn't my startup, but the, speaking of the Low Countries, but uh, this was more recent. I was uh, uh, selected to be the brand ambassador for uh, Bruegelcoin, 
which was a uh, cryptocurrency out of uh, Belgium. And uh, I felt very honored until uh, the bottom fell out of the, well, the currency was worthless. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, these things happen. And then I was, I found out that they were paying me in Bruegel coin. Uh, All right. It wasn't backed up by someone owning some Bruegel paintings or anything, unfortunately, which would... No, no, it was just, just, just a tribute. Derek, is the band ever going to get back together again? Are we going to see we going to see Tap back on stage? I don't know. You know, we when we talk, we we toss it around like a a, a ball. Uh, should we do it? Should we not do it? Do you want to do it? Do you not want to do it? Should I do? You know, it, it goes round and round. It's it's good conversation, but uh, we never kind of come to a conclusion. So I have to say, dot dot dot. Because, yeah. I mean, you're a massive influence on people, not just Guy. I mean, Def Leppard. You know, actually, also, you must be really... Did you get pissed off that everyone started using the umlaut? Because I think the umlaut that's was... Right, was yeah. That's just unique to tap. I mean, but then you've got Motley Crue, Boy, Blue Oyster Cult, Motorhead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how, you know, all stealing your umlaut. That came up, and we were in a meeting with a solicitor, and he said, boys, I've got bad news for you. You can't copyright an umlaut, and you can't trademark an umlaut. And I, I think it was me who said, well, what the fuck can you do with an umlaut? And he said, it's up to you. I'm sorry, Derek. Sorry to hear about, yeah. about that. Yeah. And what about, uh, but, and, and looking forward, what about Barbie? What, what, what are, you, are you planning to expand on, on Barbie and take it out? Have you got a band you want to take out yourself? Or No, no, no. That, that was, a, 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 you know, it's what a single should be. It's a one-time burst of something, and in this case, it was rage, just released upon an unknowing public, and then you move along. Uh, I don't don't want to build the rest of my life around bloody Barbie, I'll tell you that. No, that's right. Although I think, I still think Oppenheimer is fertile ground for you. Well... I'd have to go see it. He's on to the next rage. It's very guy. long. I think yeah. he's yeah, moved true. on. Are you, you know. Does he get? Does he piss you off? No. no. You need something that pisses you off, right? No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, 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 you know, you need the. I, by God, I'm going to get rid of this if it's the last thing yeah. I do. He's, he's, yeah. he's got fire and bile in his belly. Um, Derek, it's been so great having you on. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a lovely conversation. I'm sorry about the uh, the little glitches. We'll cut this, around so. it. Well, Carol, yeah, okay, it'll be great. fine. But that was fantastic. And I must say, it's an honor. And what advice have you got for a fellow bass player? Five strings. No. Right. Really? Uh, well, oh, you, yeah. You play, he plays five, doesn't he? I've seen you play five, I think. Who are you talking to now? Me? No, Derek plays five, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I play five. I would yeah. never turn up. I would never go back to four. Oh, okay. Because he... All right. Because he got... All that bottom. Well, you have got all that bottom. There is that. Big yeah. bottom. Big bottom. Big, big bottom. Well, exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Boing. That was amazing. Seismic. I think seismic is the word. Um, yeah. He's yeah. such a legend to, to have on. He's such a... And we've, I mean, we have real legends, but there are some people where you just feel you've been changed. Because we, we asked Nigel Tufnell to come on the show lots of times, and he's, he's been really haughty. He is. You're right. Absolutely right. And um, yeah, you know, he's, he's refused. And yeah, you and, know. and we've we've tried asking drummers, but then of course, you know, every few months you have to ask a different one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you uh, for listening to this 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 extraordinary episode. Um, and um, 
with Derek Albion Smalls. And um, we will be back next week with someone equally as genuine. Equally. <laughs> Maybe not as heavy. Maybe not. <laughs> and rage filled. Until uh, then, it's. Uh, yeah, thank you to our producer Ian yes, today. Yes, Ian. And uh, it's good night from me. And it's good night from them. Rock on Tours is produced by Gimme Sugar Productions for Warner Music Group UK.